1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor.
2: That's why Ruth uses this word to Naomi, that it was urgent, that she was she was asking to go to the, the field, not. Nah. She said, now, she says, now, it's translated now. Now, she says, and it shows that Ruth was not a procrastinator. One thing you can say about Ruth, she's not a procrastinator, and she, it shows Ruth, she has this willingness to not delay, but to take action immediately. See, Naomi and Ruth, they're hungry. They're very hungry. And now is the time to do something about that hunger and not to wait one minute longer. So Ruth was this now type person. She was this not person, and she's an example of the person that God expects when it comes to salvation. See, so the matter of salvation is a not issue. It's a now. You see, that's why he says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, for he saith, I've heard thee in a time accepted. See, God talks about this accepted time. A time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored or have I helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold now is the day of salvation. See, that verse is talking about an accepted time. And it's and twice in that verse, it's making these words, behold now, behold now. See, the time of salvation is a behold now issue. It's a behold now. It's not a behold tomorrow. It's not a, it's not a behold when I get, get older in life issue. It's not a behold later issue. It's a behold now issue. It's not. Behold, now is the accepted time of salvation. Now is the day of salvation. Salvation is not to be put off to a later date. The acceptable time is, is now, as far as God is concerned. And the acceptable time is spoken about in Isaiah 49:8, where God said, Thus saith the Lord, In an acceptable time have I heard thee, and a day of salvation have I helped thee. See, the acceptable time is when God will hear. See This is the time when God will hear. He says, in the acceptable time, have I heard thee. That's what the acceptable time is. It's the time when God will hear. In the acceptable time, have I heard thee? That's why today is the acceptable time, because today, God will hear the sinner. Today is the day when God will hear the sinner, when the sinner calls. That's why Romans 10.13 is true. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Why is, why is it today that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved? Because today is a day when God is hearing those prayers. He's made it possible for those to seek him, to find him. He said in, in Jeremiah 29, 13 through 14, and you shall seek me and you find me when you search for me with all your heart, and I will be found of you. He makes himself findable. See, today is an acceptable time because God makes himself findable, because it's an acceptable time to be saved because of what he said in, in Isaiah 61, 1 through 2, where the Lord Jesus Christ speaking about himself. He says, the spirit of God, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. See, the Lord Jesus Christ proclaimed the acceptable year of the Lord, the time to be saved. That's what we do, what we do, we proclaim to the lost. Now is the acceptable time of the Lord to be saved. Now it is, right now. See, now's the time for man to gain all the benefits of the cross. They are obtainable now, why? On the cross. He accepted the nails to bind him to the cross so that we could be freed. He accepted himself to be bound so that we could be freed from our sin. See, on the cross, he was made thin for us so we could be made clean. See, On the cross, he carried all of our burdens, he carried all of our sorrows so we could be unburdened from those and we could be happy. On the cross, he took this crown of thorns on him so we could be crowned with the, as royal sons of God. See, on the cross, his heart was broken so that our hearts could be made whole, our hearts could be mended. See, on the cross, he was wounded and he was bruised and his body was broken so that we could be healed from all of our sins. See, those are benefits. Those are the benefits of the cross, which is why Isaiah sixty-one one two 2 says that he was sent to the meek to the brokenhearted, to the captives, and to those who were bound. He wasn't sent, by contrast, to the proud and those who are not brokenhearted and those who don't see themselves as sinners imprisoned by their own sin and shame. He wasn't sent to them. But for those who know that they are a sinner, now is the time to gain all the benefits of the cross, of his cross. Now is the acceptable time because now is the time when God says, he'll hear he will hear, but the acceptable time does not last forever. There will come a time when the acceptable time, it's over, and every sinner who dies in his sin, that acceptable time has come to an end. And the end of that acceptable time of being heard by God is described for us by King Solomon in Proverbs 1, through 30, where he says, God says, because I called, and you refused. I stretched out my hand, no man regarded, but you said it not, all my counsel, you would none of my reprove. I also will laugh at your calamity. God says, I'll laugh at your calamity. I'll mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as a desolation, And your destruction cometh as whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then, he says, shall they call upon me, but I won't answer. They shall seek me early, they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge, did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel, they despised all my reproof. See, every sinner who dies in his sin, he calls out to God for help. He prays the sinner's prayer. And he asks for the mercy and the salvation, but it's too late. The acceptable time is gone. And God has said that he will not hear. And so every sinner who dies in his sin, he seeks God, he tries to find God, but God says I won't be found by him. I won't. See, that was the tragedy. That was the great tragedy over Jerusalem that the Lord Jesus Christ, when he came to Jerusalem and he looked on it, he cried. He wept loudly, it says, very loudly. People heard him as he was weeping in Luke 19 41 through 44, when it says, And when he was come near, he beheld the city. We're talking about Jerusalem. He beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they're hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies, enemies shall cast a trench about thee, compass thee about, keep thee on every side. They shall lay thee even to the ground, thy children within thee. They shall not leave thee in thee one stone upon another, because... Thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. See, that's a tragedy. See, it was all a matter of them not knowing what he called thy day, what he called the things that belonged to thy peace, what he called the time of thy visitation. See, and he lamented over their refusal to know. See, they didn't want to know. He said, if thou hadst known. See, they didn't know because they didn't want to know. I remember one time uh, 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 when I was in the Philippines, a Filipino pastor came to me, very troubled look on his face. He said, I met my first Jewish person. I said, well, how was that? He said, he's very disturbed. I said, why? And and, and he said, well, I gave him the gospel, and the man looked me in the eye and said, I'd rather go to hell than believe in Jesus Christ. Then when Jesus Christ, when the Lord Jesus Christ says, even thou, he he said, if thou hadst known, even thou, see he's emphasizing the individuality of it all. See, the gospel is all about the response of the individual, not the group. It's about the response of the individual. God sees each person as an individual, not as a group. And that's why Romans 10:9 it really emphasizes this when it says, "Eve, he says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus." And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Because every person's an individual, and he's going to do and every person is going to do every eventually, every person is going to find themselves in the situation of Philippians 2:11 where it says, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. See? Now, we need to think about this. We need to really let this settle us in and, and think about every person that we know, every person that we know, and let it sink. There's John. John's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's Sally. Sally's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, which is why the Lord Jesus Christ emphasizes this one word when he spoke about those who would either confess him or deny him in Matthew ten thirty two through 33, where he says whosoever therefore shall confess me before men him will i confess before my father before men before my father which is in heaven but whosoever shall deny me before men him shall i also deny before my father which is in heaven in luke 12:8 through 9 which is a similar passage he says and i say unto you whosoever shall confess me before men him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. See, all these words, him, he, they emphasize the individuality of it all. Every person makes his own decision for or against the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ calls to every individual. And for this reason, we can see the Lord Jesus Christ addressing Jerusalem with these words, if thou hadst known, so it's like this, if thou hadst known, even thou, as you can see, I'm pointing out this person or that person, even thou, see, see what it is, is he's got two targets. The Lord Jesus Christ has two targets in his message. The first target, he's saying to the group known as the thou, if thou hadst known, to the group known as the city of Jerusalem, if thou hadst known, and then his second target is the individual within that group. The individual within the larger group is even thou, even you, even you. He's looking at this. Like, See the pattern of if, if thou hadst known and even thou with the two targets of the message. These two targets, if thou hadst known, even thou are the two targets within a church service. They're the two targets within a Bible study group. They're the two targets within an evangelistic crusade. See, there's the message of the, the group target, which is the target which is known as if thou hadst known. That's the target there, the group target. That's known as the, and, and then within that, there's the even thou target. That's the target of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit singles out one person in the group. And that person says, why is that speaker speaking to me? Why is he pointing his finger at me? Sorry, Jose. <laughs> so, but, but why is he doing that directly to me? That's what the Holy Spirit does. See, standing and weeping before Jerusalem, he's lamenting what Jerusalem, as the capital of the Jewish people, did not know. They didn't know. He cries out because they didn't know. They didn't know that their day when God's only rescue from their sin and God's only rescue from their judgment was standing right there in front of them in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, they didn't know. They didn't want to know. And he wept because they didn't know. They didn't know when God was visiting them. And he wept because they refused to know the time when God visited them. He cried. He cried because they didn't know what belonged to their peace. See, God devises this salvation plan to bring man peace with God. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he funnels God from heaven. He funnels this peace plan. This God with his peace with God plan. He funnels it this peace with God plan through the Lord Jesus Christ, he funnels it down first to the Jewish people. And God intended that the Jewish people would then carry it to the rest of the world, his peace plan, through the Lord Jesus Christ. But because God funneled to the Jewish people his peace plan through the Lord Jesus Christ, it belonged to their peace. It belonged to their peace, but they rejected it. They rejected God's peace plan through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he cried because they refused to know God's peace plan through the Lord Jesus Christ, that it belonged to them first. And then he wept over the consequences of this refusal to know God's peace plan through the Lord Jesus Christ. And those consequences were God hiding it all from his, their eyes. It's like a judicial blindness. He wept over the Jewish people and, 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 he, and he didn't, because they didn't have Ruth na spirit. They didn't have Ruth's now spirit. And said, let me now go to the field. By using that word, she was acting with a sense of immediate urgency. She said, let me not. Let me now go to the field. See, the reason the Lord Jesus Christ reaps over Jerusalem is because they didn't have that spirit, that not nah spirit of, of wanting to come to the Savior with the same individual urgency that Ruth had. She wanted to go to the field. It's remarkable that a foreign gal who came into a people that she didn't know at all, and, and, and that she would tell her mother-in-law for the first time with it, that she wanted to go out there and venture out alone, and, and she was sure. She says, I'm sure I'm going to find a landowner who would have grace for me. That's something. And what, and, and so you say, well, what, what's with Ruth? Where does she get all this boldness? How does she have this boldness to tell Naomi that she's sure that she's going to find a gracious landowner? Where did that come from? I mean, why was Ruth so confidently assured that that there's there's a landowner out there who would show grace to her? She doesn't know this people. It's a foreign people to her. She doesn't know. And there's a but the answer to those questions about how she had that confidence, it gives us a key for ourselves of how we can go into a world that's hostile against God and have assurance we're gonna find grace. We will find grace. See, Ruth had confidence that she would find a a landowner to show her grace because she knew that she met the criteria for finding grace and King Solomon said what the criteria was. And if you like, please turn to it, Proverbs 16.7. Proverbs 16.7. I don't ask you to turn to very much. It's not such a hardship. (laughs) So, not so bad. Proverbs 16.7. Solomon said what the criteria were. He says this, and I want you to look at this. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. See, she knew the truth of this, of Proverbs sixteen seven. She to, Ruth had made the truth to, of this verse, she didn't read it when a man's ways please the Lord, she, she read when a woman's ways please the Lord. <laughs> he maketh even her and it would be, be at peace with her. And, 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 and she, in fact, she didn't even read it that way. She read, she read it this way. When Ruth's ways please the Lord, he maketh even Ruth's enemies to be at peace with her. And so now, th- 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 that's personalized. That's what she did. I mean, let, 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 let's, let's, let's say it again. Let's, let's read this verse. But you put your name in there. You put your name in there for a man's and your name in there for hers. So you know I'm going to read it. When Tom's ways please the Lord, he maketh even Tom's enemies to be at peace with him. That makes me smile. Okay, now you read it. Let's read it together. Ready? When Tom's ways please the Lord, he maketh even Tom's enemies to be at peace with him. Okay. See? See? And that, that, that's, the way, that's the way she read it. That's the way we're to, way we're to claim it. She knew her ways had pleased the Lord. And so she knew that God would make even her enemies to be at peace with her. So the question is, what were Ruth's ways that pleased the Lord? What were her ways to please the Lord? It's a good question for us. Same question for us. What, what ways can we have that will please the Lord? What can we do to please the Lord? See, what, Ruth, what did Ruth do that pleased the Lord? David told us. David's told us some of the ways. Psalm 69, 29 through 31. He said, I am poor and sorrowful Let thy salvation, O God, set me up on high. I will praise the name of God with the song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hooves. See, first David says, one way that pleases the Lord is when we say, let thy salvation, O God, set me up on high. That pleases God. When a person trusts in God's salvation to lift him up out of his sin, out of the, that pleases God. That makes God happy. It makes him smile, rejoicing in heaven. God's salvation is Jehovah Jesus. So when a person trusts in Jehovah Jesus to save him from the sin, it makes God happy. pleases God. Ruth had done that. Ruth trusted in God's salvation. She told Naomi that. She said she put her trust in God's salvation in Ruth 1.16, when she said, thy God is my God. Thy God is my God. See, Ruth's ways were to trust Jehovah Jesus, save her from her sins, and for every need in her life. And that's the way. Second, David said, it pleases God when a a person praises the name of God, when a person magnifies God with thanksgiving. Ruth had praised and magnified God with thanksgiving. That same verse she told She told Naomi, she said, you know what? I am happy to go with you, Naomi, to the people of God. I am happy, Naomi, to make the people of God my people. I am happy, Naomi, to live with the people of God. I am happy to die with the people of God. So she wanted to be with the people of God. So she could look at them and she could say, praise the Lord for protecting and keeping the people of God. Praise the Lord for revealing His truth to the people of God. So you never find Naomi. one thing about. There's a big difference between Naomi and, and Ruth. Naomi complains. Ruth doesn't complain. When we read about the Book of Ruth. It's got, unfortunately, I'm sure Naomi says, "Can we just remove that part?" But it's there because it was true. Naomi was complaining, but Ruth is not complaining. Ruth is thankful. She's praising, and that pleases God. And then Paul told us about it one way that pleases the Lord in Philippians 4, 17 through 18, when he said, look, he was talking to Philippians, not because I desire a gift. He's saying, I don't desire a gift. He says, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. For I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. An odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. See, Paul wrote to the Philippian believers about the things that they had sent to him. Sent him some kind of care package or something like that. And the things that they had sent to him. And he said, that was a sacrifice to God for you to send that. And you know what? That was well-pleasing to God. That made God pleased. See, sacrificial giving, that pleases God. It's not just sacrifice money. We always think sacrificial money is money. No, no, just money. He said, but time is included there. Anything for God. Look at Ruth, how much she sacrificed for God in Ruth 1, 16 through 17. Ruth the Moabite gave up, gave up as a sacrifice for God, what? Her Moabite religion. She gave that up for God.